0: So the Buddhist teachings are founded on the law of karma. And of course what our practice is in many ways is understanding the law of karma uh, to a greater and greater degree as we go along. We understand it first intellectually and then ultimately through our experience. Uh, through our experience uh, we understand the law of karma and the truth of the law of karma goes straight to the heart. There's different aspects, of course, to the law of karma. Uh, one of the aspects that uh, we don't always talk about; uh, some traditions talk about it more, uh, is that uh, you know. Of course, the law of karma is the law of action. The word karma uh, means action. Uh, one of the aspects of the law of karma is that our actions can have unexpected results. Uh, so oftentimes, uh, the results of our actions are not what we might expect. Uh, sometimes, to use uh, you know, modern parlance, you know the results of our actions might be counterintuitive. This is something that's useful to keep in mind if we have a tendency uh, to judge ourselves. So uh, from what I hear, uh, people who come to Dharma classes, people in general, have a tendency to judge themselves and being facetious, of course. Uh, So uh, many of us are afflicted we talk a lot about it a lot in this group and other groups are afflicted by self-judgment. When we talk about self-judgment here, you know, because we have to always be looking at our actions judici- judiciously and considering our actions with compassion uh, and wisdom. But when I'm talking about self-judgment, essentially I'm talking about uh, ways of relating to ourselves, uh, thoughts, Uh, mental quality, emotion that's afflicted with aversion, right? So uh, many of us are afflicted by this kind of self-judgment that's imbued with aversion, -aversion, self-aversion, self-criticism, self-loathing, self-hatred. I used to say years ago, you know, my life was uh, you know, was a story of fear and self-loathing. Fear and self-loathing. Many of us are afflicted by this kind of aversion toward ourselves, uh, this kind of self-judgment. Uh, sometimes we use this term low self-esteem. Uh, it manifests as low self-esteem. So, uh, of course, you know, there's there's not only there's not just one uh, means for working with our tendency, uh, the ways in which we engage habitually in self-judgment. There's not just one strategy that the Buddha in his wisdom uh, provides for us. Uh, He provides many strategies, many ways of addressing uh, our afflictions, our various and sundry afflictions such as self-judgment. So the path offers various skills that we are asked to develop. And there's various skills that we can practice in an effort to alleviate and abandon self judgment. One of the most important, one of the most important skills that we can learn to develop in an effort to alleviate and abandon self judgment is to learn to refrain from judging others. So I'll repeat that. One of the most important skills that we can learn to practice in an effort to alleviate and abandon self-judgment is to learn to refrain from judging others. The Buddha was very clear. He said, do not judge others. Do not judge others. This will be to your detriment. This will be to your detriment. Therefore, Ananda, do not be judgmental regarding people. Do not pass judgment on people. Those who pass judgment on people harm themselves. Harm themselves. So, of course, you know, we have to look at our relationships with others, and we have to make decisions in considering our relationship with others in terms of who we want to spend our time with. But we don't base those decisions on judgment of others. We learn not to base those decisions on aversion towards others or likes and dislikes or preferences. We base those decisions based on compassion. So we're talking about, again, judging others, we're talking about uh, aversion uh, toward others, criticism, hatred, feeling, those qualities of judgment uh, or aversion towards others, thinking about our judgment of others, and at other kinds of action, perhaps speaking, speaking about others. So what the teaching would suggest to us is that if we can learn to refrain from judging others, this will support us profoundly, profoundly in our efforts to alleviate self-judgment. So if we want to alleviate self-judgment, and I think we all want to alleviate self-judgment, right? At least we think we do. Uh, we want to alleviate, If we want to alleviate our self-judgment, we should make an effort to refrain from judging others. We may not want to do that as much as we might want to refrain from self-judgment. We tend to have double standards, right? So if we want to alleviate self-judgment, one of the most profound practices that we can engage in, and it will have a profound effect, is to learn to... Uh, make an effort to refrain from judging others. So again, if we think about judging others, so you thought this talk was going to be about judging yourself, but it's really about judging others. But again, with this idea that if we understand the karmic implication of our judging with others, uh, uh, this will uh, uh, you know, really motivate ourselves to abandon judgment for others. because there's no greater motivation for us in doing anything things in terms of our own self-interest, you know. No one is more dear to us than ourselves. You know, we want to abandon our self-judgment because we're dear to ourselves. But the way to do that, in large part, is to learn to abandon our judgment for others. We tend not to be as motivated to do that. So, um, you know, a lot of this talk is, you know, about... You know, there's a, there should be a great motivation to abandon your judgment toward others. So uh, in terms of judging others, the Buddha again offers us, as he does for all of our afflictions, various strategies, various strategies, various strategies. And we learn to practice them all, right, or as many of them as we can. I'm just going to talk about two and really focus on one today. One of course, one strategy is to be mindful of when we're judging others and to bring awareness to the mental quality, emotion that's driving the judging, usually some form of aversion, right? So our our beloved See, you do, you, you teach something long enough it becomes a beloved practice. Our beloved, you know, we started this, this is like three years now. You know, I started teaching ABC, it was new. Now it's beloved, So this, our beloved practice of ABC is uh, is an excellent strategy for us to use uh, in engaging in this mindfulness of our judging of others, bringing awareness to the mental quality, the emotion that's driving our judging. So we bring awareness. And again, it's always about seeing things in real time, right? It's always about seeing things in real time. It's not analyzing. Uh, analyzing, you know, doesn't really have that much uh, 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 of a place in the Buddhist strategies. But there's other strategies if you want to analyze your judging uh, of others. You know, there's plenty of places where you can do that—therapy and, and things like that. Uh, what we're learning to do, of course, is see things in real time. Uh, so in being mindful of our judging of others, we can bring awareness to that mental quality or a, a emotion that's driving the judging, usually against some form of aversion and just bring awareness to it, A, you know, as a felt sense. Oh, there, what, there's judging. You know, you don't even have to say aversion. It's just like, there's judging, there's judging. Oh, this is what this is like. This is what judging is like. This is what it feels like when I'm judging this being. And just observe that with space, with acceptance. Not judging the judging, right? With acceptance. You know, if there's enough space, there's that quality of intuitive awareness. You know, know, that quality of intuitive awareness understands what it's like when we're not judging. Oh, it's better when I'm not judging. I feel more at ease. It understands what it's like when we're judging. You know, the heart is blocked. It understands that we don't have to judge, and there's a great potential for letting go. So just bringing that wholehearted awareness to the judging for two or three seconds, one or two seconds, one second, Point five, one second to the judging, and then to the breath, finding that center, that place of ease, and then compassion for ourselves, compassion for ourselves. So that's one strategy to bring mindfulness, to bring awareness to the experience of judging when you're judging. The other strategy that I'm going to really focus on today, and the one that I'm going to emphasize, is to be heedful. You know, they're just little shades of ways of practicing discernment. So in being heedful of our judging, we are seeing our actions, our actions of judging, and reflecting on our actions. Right. So the action of judging takes two forms. This is what the Buddha taught to his son Rahula uh, in terms of pay attention to your actions. So it could, it could be three forms of action. There's three forms of action if you're judging somebody. It could be some kind of a deed that you're engaging in that's informed by judgment. I, I would really, in terms of being heedful of judgment, usually your judgment of others is gonna take the form of action in speech. So maybe you're judging others with your speech, you're saying things to others. That certain beings that are judgmental of other beings. So that's the most pernicious form of karmic action, uh, with regard to judging. You know, so you know it's really important to, you know, to to refrain from speech that's informed by judgment of others. Really important karmically, particularly if you want to abandon self-judgment particularly if you want to abandon self-judgment. The next level of action, not as pernicious karmically, but doesn't mean it isn't pernicious, uh, is thinking about others in a judgmental way. So we may think, oh, I did good. I'm refraining from saying things about others that are judgmental. I'm f- refraining from speaking about cert- certain beings to other beings in an aversive, resentful, uh, hateful way. That is good but it's not enough. You know, ultimately, we need to learn to uh, refrain from, uh, from uh, thinking about others in a judgmental way. These are things that we can do. You know, these are things that we can do. Uh, and I don't wanna say they're easy to do, but they're not as hard as we might think, right? And one of the most important elements of this teaching that I'm giving today that is useful for you to understand is that it's much easier actually to let go of judgment of others than it is to let go of judgment of yourself. You know? So if you can learn to let go of judgment of others, and it has a profound effect on uh, the way that you judge yourself. Of course, uh, this is going to be more expedit, uh, you know, really a quite expeditious way for you to refrain from self-judgment because it's easier than attacking self-judgment. Self-judgment is much harder to attack head-on. This is the genius of the Buddha and his understanding of karma. Another word for karma? Common sense, you know, but in in any case, uh, that's my, you know, someday I'll come up with Dubinan's dictionary of Buddhist terms. So we want to look In being heedful of judgment, we want to see our actions as they take the shape of thinking about others and speech, heedfulness of judging others, and we practice just the way the Buddha taught Rahula, before we're about to speak or think, it's hard to catch thinking before you think, while you're speaking or thinking, and then, of course, afterwards, you reflect. Uh, if you've spoken or engaged in thoughts, so we see you're engaging in this thinking that's aversive toward another being. Uh, you know the challenge, of course. You know the real. Uh, you know I've talked so much about this in this group uh, is is seeing things in real time. So you see in real time that you are engaging in. Uh, thinking with regard to another being that's informed by uh, aversion, criticism, hatred, etc. There's judgment going on. Uh, You could label that if you want. There's thoughts of judgment of that being. And then we reflect. Right? So heedfulness includes not just seeing what we're doing, but reflecting. There's a quality of reflection. The path is a path, uh, as I said recently, in a class of reflection. The path is a class of uh, is a path of reflection. That doesn't mean thinking about something. That means uh, using some fabrication, usually in the form of thought, to consider what you're doing and guide yourself towards understanding what you're doing and the consequences of what you're doing. So uh, the Simple reflection as my taught my teacher taught me years and years ago. He said it really all comes down to I mean it it, In many ways it comes it comes down to is this skillful, but a good way to you know to 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 think about our reflection is is it useful, right? Is it useful? Is this judgment useful? Uh, And of course, what does that mean? You know, I mean that that's important to understand what that means You know, is this the most compassionate and loving thing for me? Is it in my best interests Is it for my long term benefit? Is this judgment of others for my long term benefit? This is one of the most important reflections now again, reflections aren't thinking about this right we're not thinking about things uh, we're asking these questions and 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 letting our understanding uh, 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 be absorbed into the body and into the heart so you know so ultimately it's you know it's our experience you know what we know because we've engaged in these things or we're engaging in them uh, what we know based on what we've done before because that's all right there and what we're doing now so knowing in the body and ultimately in the heart we're trying to connect to that wisdom in the heart the buddha's path is a path of liberating wisdom we're trying to connect to the understanding that's in the heart, which is all that the Buddha did. And what he understood uh, is what you can understand. He didn't understand anything that any of us don't have the capacity to understand, given the fact that we all have human hearts. We all have this capacity for this wisdom. The reflection is guiding us to it. So is it for my long-term benefit? You know, the, the judgment So one of the things about judgment of others, you know, it feels good when we're doing it, right? You know, it kind of feels good when we're doing it, you know, maybe for a moment or two, which is why we do it, right? Why we do it, because it kind of feels good. So we might get a little rush, a little rush, as we used to say back in the 60s. You might get a little rush when you judge somebody else. It kind of feels good, right? You know, it's like people turn on all these TV shows, you know, and, and, and listen to people judge other people because it, it feels good, you know. And it's like, we all hate this person. Yay! You know, it's exciting. It feels good. So, anyway, uh, it, feels, it may feel good. So, is it for my long-term benefit? You know, is it for my long-term benefit? You know, I mean, really, the heart of reflection is what are the consequences of what I'm doing? what are the consequences of what i'm doing what are the consequences of judging others well, of course the the you know the the primary consequence is there's dukkha when we're judging others the heart's blocked the heart's blocked so again you know that's you don't say well the consequence is my heart is blocked no you say what are the consequences you might want to add a little subtext, is the heart blocked? The Buddha says the, te- you know, the consequences are is the heart blocked, the heart is blocked, is this so? So again, you know, the reflection is guiding you to see, wow, when I'm judging others, the heart is blocked. The heart is blocked, you know? That's the first noble truth, right? I mean, understanding that the heart is blocked is an understanding that you have to develop by seeing that the heart is blocked. And this is what the Buddha found you know, on the night of his awakening, is that you know the heart is blocked. You know, it's not a, it's not an idea. So you ask this question: What's it like when I'm not judging others? Oh, the heart is blocked. The heart is blocked. So that's that's sort of like a, a very primary consequence. in developing an understanding of the consequences of judging others, we want to be able to incline ourselves to the understanding that when we judge others, uh, this conduces to judgment of ourselves. This conduces to judgment of ourselves. So when I see myself judging, so I I catch myself, I see myself, I'm mindful of myself, judging another person in my mind, I'm thinking about judging another person. What are the consequences? What are the consequences in terms of, you know, uh, the ways that I judge myself? What are the consequences? The teachings of the Buddha would indicate that uh, if I judge others, this is going to conduce to judging myself, is this so? Is this so? So we begin to incline to that understanding. It's very important when you're judging others to reflect in this way. Sometimes I, it's, it's, people think they, they shouldn't reflect in this way. Uh, you should, you know? When you, judge your, when you judge others, see that you're doing that and begin to start, don't say, oh no, this is gonna, no, just start to reflect, right? You know, what are the consequences in terms of my own capacity, my capacity for self-judgment? You know, is this judging of others going to conduce to a furthering of the way, a strengthening and a furthering and a fortifying, and uh, you know, and an exacerbating of my own self-judgment? Would the refraining of this judgment of others begin to lead me on a path of lessening and abandoning self-judgment? So you start with that basic understanding that the law of karma and the teachings of the buddha would suggest to you but you you reflect on that i mean when i reflect on that the heart is like duh you know that's usually how the heart responds duh of course you know it's like really clear but of course our capacity to get to the level of duh you know depends on concentration clear seeing meditation that's why we meditate so we can understand the truths that are in the heart and then, of course, you know this kind of reflection, as the Buddha instructs Rahula, is one that it needs to be engaged in on an ongoing basis. The term is repeated reflection. So it's not like, I'm going to do this this afternoon. By tomorrow, I'll no, I won't be judging myself again. You know? No, you're going to do it again, and you're going to do it again with compassion and patience, and gradually self-judgment will dwindle away. So the stakes are high when you're judging others. You know, the stakes are high. The stakes are high. Now there's a lot of reasons, you know, you know, and karma is very complex. There's a lot of reasons why judging others conduces to self-judgment. A lot of it is just common sense. Uh, I mean, I can touch on some of those reasons and may help you, and it's just interesting. Uh, the main thing is just practice not judging others. Begin to start to see that this is something that you can do. Again, it's not as hard as you might think it is to do, and it can have profound effect for you in your life. Now, when we judge others, of course, uh, you know, judging others conduces to self-judgment. You know, when we judge others, we're conditioning the judging mind. We're conditioning a mind that judges. Right, we're conditioning a mind that judges. So the mind that judges person X is going to judge person Y is going to judge person Moi. You know, is going to judge me, ourselves. So we condition a judging mind. Uh, When we refrain, we condition refraining from judging. So you're conditioning the abandoning of judging. And again, as I said before it's a lot easier to refrain from judging others than it is from yourself. So if you can train yourself to abandon judging with regard to person X, Y, and Z, you're conditioning your ability to refrain from judging toward yourself. So it's very powerful. It's very powerful. This is cause and effect law of karma. Now, of course, you know... uh, we judge others in large part, you know, and maybe this is a little bit of a veering off. Uh, my apologies to the psychologists who are in number here today. Uh, uh, maybe veering off a little bit into psychology, but uh, we, we, our tendency to judge others is generally, or in large part, informed by the fact that we don't feel good about ourselves. You know, we don't feel good about ourselves, so. Uh, When we judge others, this sort of reinforces, you know, we're judging others because we don't feel good about ourselves, right? Uh, So, you know, a way to feel good about ourselves, uh, better about ourselves is this person's worse than me, you know, that kind of a thing, right? But the thing is, when we judge others, we don't feel good about ourselves. We don't feel good about ourselves because what happens is, so, you know, it's it's sort of like the the addict, you know, doesn't feel good about him or herself, so takes the drug, so he feels better, he or she feels better, but he actually, you know, it passes off, you know, when when the high passes, then you feel worse about yourself, right? So you know, when you uh, engage in others and you're doing that in the service of wanting to feel better about yourself, what are you doing? technically from the standpoint of what's happening uh, is you're blocking yourself off from the heart when you engage in aversion you block yourself off from the heart and you block yourself off from your capacity for self-love and you block yourself off from knowing your goodness when you judge others uh, because we don't so again we judge others because oftentimes because we don't feel good about ourselves we might feel good for a few moments when we judge others, uh, but it reinforces this self-loathing. You know, it reinforces self-loathing. Uh, you know, again, it's sort of like if you use that metaphor of addiction. Uh, you know, it's like the addict doesn't feel good about him or herself, takes a drug so that they feel better, but it just sort of reinforces the idea that you know the the belief that they have that they're not any good I need a drug to feel good about myself boy I really must be X Y and Z not so good right yeah it's like I need to judge others so that I can feel good about myself because I'm so rotten you know that's sort of what happens again you don't really need to know all this karma is very complex you know When we judge others, we're blocking off the heart. We're blocking off the heart. Uh, We're not able to discern what's in our best interests. When the heart is blocked off, we're not able to discern what's in our best interests. What happens is we tend to associate with people, because we're cut off from the heart, uh, who aren't going to support us uh, in uh, developing a positive image, self-image. Uh, they reinforce our negative self-image. Conversely, if we can let go of aversion towards ourselves, our hearts can be open, and we can choose beings uh, to be with us who are going to support us. So this is sort of the sort of the complexity of karma, right? The complexity of karma. You know, it's the old story. You know, it's like. You know, you're in a bad relationship, you know, you're you're in a, somebody's in an abusive marriage or whatever, you know, and they hate their partner, you know, so they leave the marriage out of hatred and they end up in another marriage, you know, in which they're being abused. You know, it's the same kind of a thing, right, because their actions are informed by hatred and aversion, so it just reinforces that. So we judge others because we don't feel good about ourselves and it's a way of deflecting ourselves from ourselves. It's like, I don't feel good about myself. I don't, you know, it's like, it's like when you, don't, when you don't feel good about yourself, you know, that, you know, you may know that to some extent, but it's so painful, right? It's so painful when you don't feel good about yourself. So it's like, you know, we judge others because it's so painful you know, being embroiled in our self-aversion that, you know, let me replace that with aversion towards somebody else. The big problem with that, of course, is that it prevents us from actually being able to see clearly how we feel about ourselves and really understanding. So we never really understand our self-aversion, you know, because we're trying to get away from it. You know, the act of judging others is a way of getting away from understanding our self-aversion. So again, complex, right? Karma. You know, it's like we want to get away from it. But, you know, unfortunately, if you want to really end your self-aversion, you've got to look at it. So let me let go of this judgment of others and get down to the real issue, which is, you know, the self-aversion. When we're deflecting ourselves from our self-aversion, we're not able to see clearly how we feel about ourselves. We're not able to relate wisely to how we feel about ourselves. We don't see our self-judging clearly. We may know that we judge, you know, and this is I think one of the really frustrating things about self-judgment, we may know that we do it, but it just seems like so elusive, right? Seems so elusive. We don't see it clearly. We don't understand it. When we can abandon judgment of others, then we can you know, see our self-judgment. We can see our pain. We can see our pain. We can relate to it with wisdom and compassion. We can see our unskillfulness. We can see how we block ourselves from the heart. So as we begin to taking the focus off others and look, more at ourselves, we begin to see our pain, we begin to turn more towards ourselves, we see our pain, we see how we're blocked off from our heart. And an interesting thing happens when we begin to do that, of course, when we begin to do that skillfully and with space, as we begin to see our pain and we begin to see how we're blocked off from our heart, we begin to see our goodness. We begin to understand our goodness. And of course, just the act of uh, abandoning judgment of others is an expression of our goodness, is an expression of our goodness. So it's a simple practice. You know, know, I've given some of the karmic background, but it's a simple practice. See your judgment of others. Reflect what are the consequences. Reflect this judgment of others. Does it lead to self-judgment? If I can abandon this judgment of others, will this lead to a lessening and abandoning of the way that I judge myself? This practice will serve you greatly as you come to know, as you make this journey to know the goodness within.